Good morning, church. It's good to be together again for another online service. And you know what's exciting about these services is that it's not just our community in Pretoria that is gathering together, but we've got friends, brothers and sisters gathering in different parts of the nation, different parts of the world. So wherever you are, welcome. I trust you are being blessed by the service so far and that you'll be blessed as we get into the word just now. Here in South Africa, we are in the peak season of this coronavirus, August, September, they say, is the peak season. And during this time, we really need to be praying for one another, praying for protection, praying that those that have been infected will be healed. And so we're going to get into the word right now. And then afterwards, we're going to spend some time praying about some of these matters. We're going to be praying together. All right. In the middle of winter, of course, here in South Africa, we're in the middle of winter. Those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, you enjoy a glorious summer, but here it is winter. And some of you will remember when you were in South Africa, what our winters are like. And in winter, most plants are dead or dormant. I, I took some time recently to do some pruning around my yard. I had to cut out, cut back some plants, some fruit trees. I had to remove plants, which I never planted. These things grew there all by themselves, and they were taking over space and drawing energy away from plants, which I wanted uh, to grow. Uh, of course, by me saying this, I'm giving away the fact that uh, I have neglected doing pruning at in certain parts of my garden for a long time. And now I had to really climb in there and do some hard pruning. Well, winter is a great time to do pruning and um, cleaning because the plants are dormant. The branches have dried, the leaves have fallen, and uh, it is easy access to the parts that you want to cut off. But why cut off? It seems so harsh, isn't it? Even on those trees that you want to grow, you still go there and you cut off. Why cut off? Well, because you want the fruit tree to produce more and better fruit. You cut off because you want to direct the way the plant grows. You, you say you want to train the plant in which way to grow. You cut off because you want to remove dead wood that just weighs down on that plant and, and makes it difficult for new shoots to grow. You cut it because you want to remove those plants and trees that produce nothing, yet they sap the energy away from the plants that you do want to grow. And you cut off because you want your garden looking nice. You want a healthy-looking garden with healthy-looking plants, right? If you want more fruit and more flowers, less is more. Very often in these gardens, in our gardens, cutting back and having less is actually more because you're going to get more flowers, more growth, and more fruit. And that's the title of, of my message today. Less is more. Removing all that extra baggage and weight from the plant means it can produce more and better fruit. And I think... There are spiritual and real-life lessons there for us too around this process. Jesus said the following in John chapter 15. I'm reading verses 1 and 2. Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father 
is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. <laughs> See what I mean? Jesus is uh, talking about the importance of his followers bearing fruit. From a vine, we look for grapes. And from a Christian, we look for what? For Christianity. That is our fruit, a Christian view of life, Christian choices, Christian values. Those are fruits that we look for in a Christian. And, and, and by Christian, I mean word-based, a follower of Jesus, not just a nomin- denomination or a name. I'm talking about people that call themselves followers of Jesus and are followers of Jesus. Remember, Jesus is the word. So to be a Christian, you're a follower of the word. Jesus is the word. You're following Jesus. And so we are to be connected with Jesus and his word. You cannot have Jesus and not have his word. You cannot have the word and not have Jesus. They go together. Listen to verse 5 of John 15. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Well, that's quite a statement, eh? Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. The Christian life cannot be lived apart from Jesus. The Bible says that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and that his ways are higher than our ways. And only through Christ are we able to comply with the will of God. Only connected to Jesus can we live up to the thoughts and ways of God. We cannot do it on our own. But just like a vine and plants in the garden need to be pruned. We who are linked to Jesus, we who are the vines, we also need to be pruned. You and I are branches. And the whole vine together is what we call the church. Jesus is the root and from him the whole vine lives. The father inspects the vine to make sure it is healthy and producing fruit. He cleans the vine, meaning that he cleans each one of us. Some things he prunes, some things he cuts off. That is not always a comfortable experience, but the result is to produce fruit. There are times in our lives when pruning and cutting is necessary. If we are to grow as individuals, if we are to grow in character, if we are to grow spiritually, then we will need pruning from time to time. When we were children, our parents pruned us by correction and instruction. Sometimes we even felt that rod of correction on our backsides, didn't we? And this helped us to understand what was right and what was wrong. 
what was, ac- what was acceptable and what was not. What we should do and what we should not do. But as we grew and started becoming independent and taking responsibility for our choices, <laughs> we realized that there were other forces at work. We, become, we became aware of an inner voice, the voice of our conscience, which would warn us when we were wandering into dangerous ground. And yet, there was another voice, the voice of our flesh, encouraging us to take the road of pleasure, the road of self-satisfaction, the road of, hey, me first. And these two voices are often in conflict with one another. As followers of Christ, we understand the conflict that exists between the spirit and the flesh. Although we grew up and live in a natural realm, we know from the word of God that we have a body, but that we are spirit beings. We are spirit beings with a soul living in a fleshly body. We know that this is a temporary tent. Our bodies are a temporary tent and that the real person is inside a spirit with a soul that lives forever. We know that one day we're going to be transformed and these fleshly bodies are going to become eternal bodies, just like the body that Jesus has right now. So now we are to produce spiritual fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. This means that the fruit comes from the Spirit of God to the Spirit of man. That's you, that's me. And then it gets expressed in a way that others can see it, that others can sense it, or that others can feel it. And in a way which brings glory and joy to God. What does this fruit look like? Well, this fruit is ascribed for us in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 24. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such There is no law, and those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You see, there is an action that we have to take. We are spirit beings, but we have a fleshly body with its fleshly desires, which are not always in line with the will of God. And so when those fleshly desires go against the will of God, we, me, the spirit man, we are then to crucify the flesh. We are to uh, reject those fleshly desires and give way to the will of God because all those things expressed by the fruit of the spirit, there is no law against them. Nobody is going to put you in jail for being a peaceful person, kind, faithful, and so forth. So let's look at the the fruit again. Love. That is the agape love, which wants the best for the other. 
When the world around us speaks about love, most of the time they are talking about a love that gives them pleasure. Agape love is a selfless love. And joy. Joy is an inner sense of satisfaction, not necessarily linked to what is happening around you. It is possible for me to be unhappy, even to be sad, and yet to have inner joy. It is possible for someone to lose something, to lose someone, lose a friendship, lose a friend to death even, a family member, and yet have joy on the inside, knowing that God is in control, knowing that I'll see that person again, knowing that whatever has been taken away from me, God is going to help me to get through it and to find it some other way. There is an inner joy which is resides inside. Peace is a sense of inner well-being. It is shalom. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but a sense that all is well within me. Joy and peace often work together to protect our hearts and our minds. And because it is a spiritual force, a spiritual thing, it is very difficult to explain to those who have not experienced the peace of the Lord or the joy of the Lord. The Bible says that it is beyond human comprehension. Much of the fruit of the Spirit is actually beyond comprehension. And that is why we need to be connected to Jesus so that we can receive it from Him. Then long suffering. <laughs> long suffering means just that. Suffer for a long time. We live in an age where nobody wants to wait for anything and where people get bored quickly and where we think that it is our right not to suffer. Try telling that to the first century church. Try telling that to Jesus or to the apostle Paul or to the apostle Peter. Man, those guys were giants in the faith. They did so much. And look yet how much suffering they went through. Unfortunately, in this world, no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you run away from it, in this world, you're going to have to face suffering. And only the Lord can give us the energy and the ability to suffer, even if they have to suffer for a prolonged period, we can do it without falling apart. Long suffering. So get ready to suffer sometimes. Then kindness. Being kind to those around you, even in a world where people seem to be on edge all the time and just ready to snap back at you and say unkind things to you. Goodness. That is having the motivation and disposition to do good to others, faithfulness, being a man or a woman who keeps their word and fulfills their promises, being a faithful husband or wife, being a faithful son or daughter, being a faithful father or mother. It has become a common thing in the world today for people to break their promises, their vows, their contracts, and their relationships often simply due to selfish and self-serving reasons to please the flesh and not to please God. Then there is gentleness or meekness or being humble. And this is 
Patience in the reception of injuries. Meekness is the reception of injuries with a belief that God will vindicate us. I do not have to vindicate myself. I leave it to the Lord and he vindicates us. It is the opposite of feelings and actions of revenge, which are so prevalent today. Jesus demonstrated that in his life and ministry, not responding in kind to those who persecuted him, not demanding his rights, but staying on course with his mission and trusting the Father to see him through. And then finally, self-control. This refers to the power we have over overwhelming and evil passions of all kinds. And you are in a body, in a fleshly body, and you will be challenged sometimes with passions which almost seem beyond your control. So many people today allow themselves to become slaves of habits, of language, of harmful substance, and they buck under pressure. They allow the pressure to to break them down under the pretense of satisfying some emotional or fleshly need. Well, you know, Jesus Christ, he exhibited all of these fruit. He did not allow situations to get him. He fought. Remember, he was a man like us, tempted like us, and yet without sin. And now, if we remain connected with him, he wants to help us to overcome those things as well. As Christians, as as followers of Christ, sometimes uh, some of us may fall short in one or more of this fruit. And when the Father comes to inspect us, to inspect the vine, he finds fruit missing. And so the cleaning and the pruning comes. Jesus says that the cleaning and pruning is done by the word of God. John 15, 3 and 4 says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. You are already pruned, already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. The Greek word for pruning comes from the Greek word for cleansing. And so Jesus is saying here that we are pruned by his word when we receive it. As we receive the word of God, the teaching of Christ, we are cleansed. We are forgiven. We are given a new life in him, which is different from the life that the world offers. But it must not be just an event in our lives, an encounter with Jesus, an experience with Jesus. No, it must become a way of life, living with Jesus and his word in us. John 15, 10 says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. You see, we need to abide to remain in Jesus. This is our lifestyle. His word is our first consideration in any matter. 
not our will, not our pleasure, but what does he say about the matter? Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. And when he walked this earth, he exercised every one of the fruit of the Spirit and remained connected to the Father so that he could do the will of the Father. It was his choice to remain connected in the Father's love, to stay connected with the Father. And this allowed the power of God to flow to him and through him to the world around him. And Jesus says, and in the same way that he remained connected to the Father, we are to remain connected to him so that his power may flow from him to us and through us to the world around us. You see, back then, the world could not see the Father, but they could see Jesus. Well, today the world cannot see Jesus, but they can see the church. They can see you and me. They can see the Christians. What fruit are they seeing and experiencing from our lives? Pruning means allowing the Father to remove hindrances to fruit bearing in our lives. So the Father sometimes has to come and cut things away from our lives. He does it through the word. And sometimes he uses circumstances and events to get our attention and apply his word to our lives. Sometimes it's a soft pruning, just taking a little bit away. But sometimes we need a hard pruning where bigger things need to be dealt with and cut out of our lives. Listen, do you remember the reasons I gave in the beginning for cutting off plants, pruning plants? I said we do it because you want the fruit tree to produce more and better fruit. And that is what Jesus says in verse 2 of John 15, that the Father prunes so we may bear more fruit. <laughs> we prune trees because you want to direct the way the plant grows. You want to train the plant in which way to grow. And guess what? God wants to train and guide us in the way to grow, the way we should grow. God does not want anyone to perish, but to have eternal life and to enjoy a full life with him. We cut trees and prune them because you want to remove the dead wood that just weighs the tree down and makes it difficult for new shoots to grow. Oh, the Bible says that we must lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that is set before us. So God wants to cut away unnecessary weight and sin that hinders our spiritual growth. Less baggage means more growth. Hallelujah. And we also cut trees because you want to remove those plants and trees that produce nothing. Yet you just sap away the energy uh, of the other plants that you want that are useful. Well, there are useless actions, habits, thought patterns, and beliefs that simply need to be destroyed in our lives. Otherwise, it will harm. It can even harm good people around us. 
And so the Lord wants to remove these things from us. Less hindrances means more freedom to grow. And then finally, you cut the trees because you want your garden looking nice, right? With healthy looking plants. And guess what? Father God wants a good looking vine. He wants a good looking church, a good looking people. And so I encourage you at this time of cutting and pruning to also allow the Lord to cut and prune your life. You need less worldly baggage to produce more spiritual fruit. In our Christian walk, very often, less is more. That phrase in verse 2 that says that God cuts away the branch that does not produce fruit. In the Greek, it also means to lift up. You see, vines need to be lifted to produce fruit. If a vine is lying low or lying on the ground, it cannot produce fruit. It needs to be lifted. And so, when a branch is low, the vine keeper will come, he will lift it, he will tie it up, and nurture it so that it can produce and bear fruit. That is also a picture of our lives. So many people are brought down by this world. They're brought down by circumstances. They are brought down by bad relationships, bad choices, injustices, or just plain evil from other people. Jesus spent his ministry lifting people up. And today, he wants to lift you up if you are one of those fallen branches so that the fruit of the Spirit may be found in you too. Love, joy, peace, and everything else. Last week, we heard a, a message uh, on community, starting with our vertical community with God. It is God's desire to live in community with you. Listen to the words of Jesus. John 15, verses 13 to 15. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I commanded you, said Jesus. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. What is that? Relationship. Community. Jesus wants that with us. God does not want to be far from you. He wants to be connected with you. So stay connected to the vine by abiding in the word, the written word, the Bible. Stay connected by the spoken word, your church services, the living word, which is your personal fellowship with Jesus, your time in prayer, your time in considering the word of God and how you're going to apply it to your life. Talking to him about your innermost things, feelings, desires, and also in choosing to repent and adjust your choices and preferences to those which please the Lord. And then his power will enable you to live in victory for his glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to close now by having a little time of prayer to get a few moments of prayer. So let's join together 
join with me in agreement as we pray now. So, Father, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for your word at this time, at this season, speaking to us, Lord. And I pray that this word will be applied to each listener, each one listening, each one watching this program, this video, this service, according to their needs in their lives right now. Father, there are many who need to be lifted up, Father. Situations of life have battered them, have shaken them. Father, won't you come with your loving arms, lift them up, embrace them, Lord God. Breathe into them, Lord, a new flow of hope, of energy. In Jesus' name, Father. And Lord, at this time, we think of so many who are sick, battling with COVID-19, battling with other illnesses and diseases. Lord, we speak a word of healing in Jesus' name. We agree together, Father, for every brother, every sister, everyone we know, every family member, every friend who needs a touch of healing, healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Father, for those who have recovered, those who have become sick and have come out of it and have recovered or are recovering. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness. And we pray, Father, that very soon effective treatments will be found. Effective cures will be found in Jesus' name, Lord, so that this whole pandemic can be a thing of the past. And Father, I pray that many, as we hear this message, Lord God, that many will join me in, in allowing Father God to prune their lives, to remove what does not need to be there, and to allow good fruit to grow. Forgive us, Father, for the ways we have wandered away from you, Lord God. Maybe through circumstances even. But, Father, that right now, through these circumstances, Lord, you bring our attention back to you. Change us, O oh Father, where we need to be changed. Take away from us, Father. Search our hearts, Lord. And cause us to produce good fruit for your glory and for your honor. Amen. May the love of God the Father, grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit remain with you as you allow the Lord to mold your life, change your life. Have a wonderful week, and we'll meet again next Sunday. God bless you.